Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to Mind Over Money, a brand new financial well-being podcast. I'll be your host, Gemma Sherlock. You may know me from the mental health podcast, No Really, I'm Fine. Well, I'm back, but for something slightly different. We've teamed up with our friends at NatWest to explore how our finances can have a huge impact on our mental health. Money may seem like the number one concern, but our minds should be a priority. Remember, Mind Over Money. Food poverty existed before the pandemic, but during lockdown, the dire situation some families and people were facing came into the spotlight. Food banks became vital as some didn't know where their next meal was going to come from, but even food banks were struggling. Footballer Marcus Rashford campaigned for free school meals to be provided during the holidays and in lockdowns, as parents were facing new challenges of having their children learn from home. Should you feel shame to use a food bank? Of course not. But unfortunately, food poverty has and is affecting people's well-being too. I speak to Sheena Hales, who leads the investment delivery services at NatWest. She talks about the importance of food banks and how food poverty has affected people and what support is out there. So Sheena, can you just start me off by just tell me a bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Sheena Hales and I am a programme manager at the bank. And so traditionally, what that would involve is I'm responsible for capability and key roles that we have in the bank. So things like our product owners and product managers. Historically, when we were running a different process, program managers, project managers. And so it's about developing the roles, looking at the learning that we've got for that role and supporting people to do that role well. So yes, that's what I've been doing for a few years. And before we go on further to talk about food banks, how how have you coped during lockdown? How has it been for you? Um, it's been really mixed, I have to be honest. You know, I, I have absolutely really enjoyed some of it. I have done more decorating and reading and, and various things that I probably wouldn't have slowed down enough to do. But in terms of mental health, it's something you've got to constantly be looking out for. I think I do a lot more work in trying to meditate, trying to keep some exercise and keep contact. You know, I know we have to social distance, but actually calling people, having videos, it's a time to lean on people a little bit, I think. Uh, And that's certainly obviously what what the food bank's been about as well, is being there as a support. I've needed it too. I personally have never visited a food bank. I mean, I've visited when I've done stories in my role as a journalist in the past, but I've never had to use it. How does someone go about using a food bank? Because I've always wondered, is it something that you have to register for or can you just turn up? It must be um, quite, not overwhelming, but quite difficult when someone finds themselves in that situation. Yeah, I think so. So there's different ways that you would get 
food support. So, you know, if you were homeless, you might have registered with some of the housing agencies or homeless organisation and be identified as a vulnerable person that might need help. And so that organisation would then take you under their wing about trying to deliver some a nutritious meal to you or essential items. Other people through their council um, organisations may be put in touch with a food bank. They do need to fill out some key details. You don't actually pop into a lot of the food banks. The food is now taken out to you and dropped off. Is that as a result of lockdown or is that something that they've just started doing, dropping food off? They have been dropping food off, but there's been a lot more contact during that time, you know, where they might have popped into somebody's house to see how they are and given some additional support. Uh, All of that now has to be avoided um, that context. There's different ways that they're delivering that service now. And certainly during lockdown, the organisations we were working with, they were delivering food into hotel rooms where people who were vulnerable were being housed. That must be difficult for people who are used to that physical presence of someone being there to have a chat to as well. Yeah, I think that's been a major thing. You know, some of the work the organisations do is having community cafes, cooking together, supporting people through food, talking and engaging, and that part's gone. I think there's a loneliness attached to food poverty is now quite a big thing. You mentioned earlier that you yourself have used a food bank before. Um, I, I've supported a food bank. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. So there's a couple of ways that I was engaged before this initiative we're doing now, volunteering. So going into food banks to help them sort of manage the goods they've got in and help set them up so that they can do their job really well. And I also was involved a few years ago, which is actually what led me to get engaged really quickly on this food bank, when a factory shut down just before Christmas. And unfortunately, it left all of the workers unpaid and all of the workers were on very low incomes. So not getting paid at the end of the month immediately tips them into a crisis where they can't put electricity in the meat, can't put food on the table. So I was involved a few years ago where kind of just stepped in as an individual and between us, and I think there was six women that we never had met. We brought in thousands and thousands of pounds of money and tons and tons of food, presents and all sorts of things so that those people could have at least a better Christmas until the food banks could step in and support them because even just you know dealing with a massive influx of people at one point put some of the organizations that helped them into a bit of a crisis to manage that support Mm. yeah experienced it and I think then it was really humbling I suppose seeing people that were used to earning money and used to providing for their family and being really proud showing up with nothing and what I noticed is that when they were given bags to go and fill their bags up with food they didn't want to take too much and yet you know you'd have to say to them you know I know that you've got four children you need to take more this is here for you we'll we'll get more but you know that's not going to feed your children for a week they wanted to not be greedy so yeah it was very humbling to experience that in the past so you know certainly when this crisis arose I knew that if asked it was time to step in. How much food do you get when you get help from a food bank is it dependent on how many is in your household? Yeah it's very basic you know if you have the green crates that come into a supermarket that are just one sort of layer thick it's that kind of quantity it's like a big tray but you know it might only fit in one packet of pasta one tinned pie a couple of tins of beans it's a very basic amount 
So it might be one or two tins of beans for the family for the week. So yeah, it's not, it's not a lot. Monetary wise, it would probably sort of come to maybe 20 pounds, I think. You've got four kids, that's not a lot of food in that, is it? No. Obviously, it's dependent on donations as well, isn't it, from the public? Yeah. Some of the food banks during this time had some big donations that came in from the likes of Tesco's, for example, the co-op, which provided sort of bulk amounts of food. I think that's one of the challenges now looking into 2021 is will that continue? And if it doesn't, will the level of donations from the public into food banks rise and if it doesn't where would that gap come from because everyone's going to be struggling soon aren't they yeah it's a crisis that's facing everyone so it must be difficult you know the longer this goes on the reality for everybody is that you could be impacted next so i think it is a challenge you you want to be generous and my belief is that it's really important to be generous when you can yeah because i remember when food banks were quite a new thing weren't they and i mean my mum and dad are very much working class mum working my dad being a stay-at-home husband so we didn't struggle but we always just had food in to you sort of got what you were given sort of thing but now it's like I can understand you know why people need to go to a food bank because poverty and and the situation that we're in it's just it's affecting everyone and yeah and I, I feel that fear as well because you know from my own personal point of view I'm a single parent I'm the main income within the family I do have some support from my son's dad, but it wouldn't cover us for many months if I were to lose my job. Yeah. And whilst I recognise, you know, I'm really lucky I have a good job, it's well paid. If I were to be in a position that I lost my job, then that my role was not required in the bank anymore, then I would have a little bit of a window of some redundancy pay to be able to go and find something else. But a lot of companies are downsizing, are experiencing change. And and that is a worry for the future, isn't it? That you could be that person. Yeah, of course. It's similar for me. My partner's just got furloughed again. So he's now only working two days a week. And, you know, he was in this process at the start of, of last year in March. And it's just always that worry of, are they going to eventually get rid of people? And then it's just like, we would be surviving on my pay. And it's just, it's really difficult. Say, for instance, that does happen. Say, for instance, touch wood, my, my partner hopefully doesn't lose a job. But say, for instance, he does and we're struggling for food. Would I need to ring a food bank? I'm just thinking if our, some of our listeners are listening right now and they're in this sort of similar situation. Yeah, the similar situation. So Trestle Trust is a, it's like an umbrella organisation. So it looks after all of the food banks, which are kind of like independent food banks that link into them. So if you were worried, then going in and looking at Trussell Trust is where you should go first of all, because that will tell you the process, but it also will tell you where your local food bank is and what the procedure is for getting in touch with them. That would be a definite good place to start. So talk to me a bit then about NatWest's involvement and where they come in. Yeah, um, I kind of did something a little bit unusual, I guess, but um, my contacts, so I had some contacts in Social Bike. I mentioned that I've been involved in a factory shutting and I built up some relationships with some individuals in those organisations. So the week before the schools shut, the charities were beginning to get nervous. They felt the schools were going to shut and the first impacted would be children that would no longer get school lunches and food. But with them being shut, there wouldn't actually be a delivery point for these types of emergency food support to link into. 
And they also recognised there would be a need for a lot of food delivered in a much greater volume quickly. And they weren't geared up for that in their premises. So Social Bite had approached me and we've just explored the question, this could happen if it happens What kind of ideas have you got in terms of what we could do? So what was born out of that was setting up a food distribution bank at Gogoburn. The intention would be that we could take large donations that wouldn't be able to be housed or accepted in, in these smaller organisations, that we would take them in and we would distribute them. Um, So that is what we started with. And some of the organisations themselves were able to get big donations, but they couldn't even get them off the lorry because they would have needed forklift trucks. They would have needed manpower they didn't ordinarily have, and they didn't have anywhere to store it. So some of the donations were coming to the charities via us. We would offload them, and then we would split them up and distribute them out based on what they'd agreed. That was the first part of it. Sort of in March, it was just to be a big operation to support them to get the job done but obviously we've been operating a lot longer you know since then so to try and give an understanding of the things that have come in we for example took a donation from a big supermarket which was 250,000 items of clothing and that's not something we thought we'd be taking in but actually we had an awful lot of people that were becoming homeless as a result of what happened moving into different temporary accommodation And the need for basic clothing was important. They just didn't have the cash to buy it. So that was one big donation. Another thing was that education was becoming quite a difficulty. A number of people in poverty didn't have the technology that I might be able to afford for my own son. And so having access to books and educational packs was a real need. So again, we took in I think probably we've taken in about 350,000 children's books, all sorts of beautiful books, and they've come in from a Scottish book trust. And what that allowed us to do then is to work with all the schools and various charities to get those distributed at pace to the children that needed them. That's the kind of work we've been doing. It's not just been food. Mm. We did at the early point as well. I think um, we reached out to some of our customers, and some of our customers have been amazing. And, for example, a farmer in Aberdeenshire, they're a carrot and potato farmer, and they keep sending us shipments of potatoes and carrots. (laughs) And what we keep doing is cooking them up in our kitchen. So, you know, I think the first batch was something close to 100,000 meals that we made. Is this NatWest doing this or is this NatWest working with the food banks with all, all together sort of doing this? Um, so what we'll do is we'll take the food in, we'll cook it in our kitchens through our cooking partner, sort of um, Baxter Story. You know, we've got big commercial kitchens mm. in our head office, obviously would normally be a canteen for our staff. So working with Baxter Story, our catering partner, we have then turned that fresh produce into food that can be frozen or distributed out to the organisations. What was happening was that they were just taking those and distributing them within hours out to people that needed them. So again, we're just doing a big um, delivery next week. Which I haven't actually told the kitchens yet, but um, they'll be busy cooking next week, hopefully. Surprise! <laughs> yeah, but that said, you know, we have got a really good network now so that if we got the food in, it would go out to other partners in Edinburgh who are 
taking on that role of cooking. There's been a number of organisations like Empty Kitchens, Full Hearts, these types of organisations that we're now trying to reach out to to provide that produce directly to them to allow them to support locally as well. Mm, That's amazing. You just never know what's going on behind the scenes, do you? So it's uh, amazing that from one farmer it's created this, this massive thing, really. I think the thing about that is that it's one of our customers. Mm. It's working with our catering partner. It's distributing it through key charities. So three three of the charities we work with, um, Trussell Trust, Social Bite and Cerulean's, also work with loads of charities as well. So if we distribute to them, they distribute through their distribution network. And as I said, that means that the food can be delivered within hours. It's really quite a smooth operation which we've managed to manifest at at massive pace. It's been very interesting from that perspective of what you can do when there's no ego. And um, food banks in general have obviously been a massive support and help for a lot of people who are facing food poverty. Do you think their services have increased or been needed more because of COVID? Yeah, I think they're anticipating that they're going to see a different environment again coming up so they're kind of bracing themselves for the fact they might have to pivot their models back again to supporting emergency food in a way that they've not done before they've just got to embrace the uncertainty you know Uh, they don't know how many people are going to be impacted but they know that many people are i don't know if if easy is the right word but they've been in this situation before this so they sort of not know what to expect but they know that they can do it sort of thing yeah, they know they can do it, but it was exhausting, you know. So, you know, some of these organisations went from running a community kitchen to distributing sort of 3,000 meals a day, going up to 6,500 a day, um, and not 6,500 just to one venue, but to multiple venues all across, you know, sort of the central belts of Scotland. So they were exhausted, you know. That front line is really challenging. I think in what, what they were finding is that, when they were distributing, they were discovering many other issues that are arising. You know, we talked about loneliness and they're faced with that and recognising that problem is, is not going away either. I was just going to say, yeah, then it's the mental health, isn't it, side of things, because they're going to meet people who are probably in, in awful situations and feel really low. You think about how that affects them when they go home and it must be one vicious cycle. I think they recognise what they've done. They recognise that they could do something again. I think there is a recognition of how exhausted they were doing it and the anticipation that eventually it would stop. I think everybody has a silent fear it's going to go on and could get worse. And I think, you know, we mentioned before about the gap, that gap where before there was different types of funding, what will be in place, what could be in place, we don't know. So there are, I've been involved with some work with business in the community who are looking at a task force around food insecurity. And that's bringing together a whole range of different people like ourselves at NatWest and involve engaging politics and different types of aspects to try and have a look at what are we going to try to look at food insecurity as it continues to rise. You know, we've dealt with things in an emergency. And we've done it leaning into our purpose as a bank to be there for people and to support our communities. But what is a longer term sustainable plan around that that helps to reduce some of this food poverty that is on the increase? So that's kicking off at the beginning of this year. And there's a lot of passionate people involved in trying to cleverly think about what can be done 
at pace. Do you think people used to take food banks for granted and, and now they don't because of the pandemic or do you think some people still do? I've noticed, so I'm in a, I think I'm very fortunate. I'm in a really caring community, but I think that what the pandemic has done is it's helped people to be more compassionate and recognise that, you know, maybe they're one pound check away from being in the same situation. And I don't think anybody really felt that. I think we're probably living a bit of a moving very unconsciously through life rather than it's brought a real focus, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think there's a, a much heightened awareness of it. I had in the past sort of experience that people think, oh, it's people that are not making an effort using food banks. It's people that could try better. And the circumstances in which people find themselves needing a food bank can be really varied. I think people are starting to understand that now, a little bit more compassion. And when you've been involved, you mentioned loneliness before, but what other sorts of emotions and feelings have you noticed that people sort of go through who are using a food bank for the first time? I think it's they're not just obviously dealing with food insecurity. Some people have got things like payday loans and with really high interest. And, you know, even trying to ring up on their mobile phones, which may be not, the, you know, the contracts that, that, again, as I say, I'm quite fortunate. So I've managed to negotiate a really good contract, whereas some people are paying for their mobile phones in a very expensive way just because they haven't got the cash to do it each month. So ringing up and using their credit and being on the phone for ages is really stressful and it's very easy just to put your head in the sands and not deal with it just because it's it's just really painful, isn't it? You know, you want to do better. A lot of the people that I met through a local, as I mentioned, the factory shut down, just super proud people. So ringing up without any, there's no negotiation. They've got no money. So, you know, there's a definite sense of being without power. Yeah, sort of a shame. Mm, and I think got massive amount of gratitude when they see any level of support yeah it's not a nice situation so it isn't definitely just loneliness it's panic and sort of worry around losing the house not being able to pay the electricity getting services cut off has it made you feel grateful for food more in a way absolutely it has made me this year less indulgent because I hadn't actually recognised the, the waste that I did have. You know, I'm a busy working mum and sometimes, you know, I would just run to the shop, buy things like, you know, I've already got them. I hadn't realised I could afford to be that inefficient, but I think it's made me a bit ashamed to be that wasteful. I'm sort of the same. So we don't live far from an Asda supermarket and they have trolleys at the front of the store with filled with food ready to take to the food bank and... Me and my partner do keep saying, you know, when people get you chocolates for Christmas and stuff, we just seem to get loads this year. And most of them have got quite a good best before date on. So we're just going to donate a lot there, really. That's amazing. You know, it's similar on our Facebook for our community. I sent a note to everyone saying, instead of trying to eat all the things that are in your fridge before you go on a diet, actually donate them to me, to the food bank, because... That is not just an overindulgence. It might be the only treat that somebody's actually getting at all. Those types of things that you could hand in that are in your cupboards don't seem like the essential food that people would need. I think all of that builds up into being essential food, but with an element of joy. And I think people do need that kindness and joy at the moment. And I know we touched upon this before, Sheena, but what advice would you give to someone who may have used a food bank for the first time, but it might be the first time using it, who might be um, a single mum with five kids who hasn't got access to the internet 
or a guy on his own? What should they do if they're in that situation? Um, we've had lots of stories where people would go to drop off a food bank um, delivery and realise there's somebody next door that's looking after the kids in a shared broken relationship and actually they've got no money to feed their kids and so more people and they're too ashamed to ask and so the food banks aren't noticing that on deliveries. I think the key bit is the fact that everybody at some point in their life needs a different level of support. The support I've been given this year is kindness to be able to get on with doing a good job in other aspects of my life but I needed that kindness to be able to have the mental agility to do what I'm doing and I think other people right now need food or need essentials and I think um, it's important just to take that and allow yourself to be helped. I think we can be too proud and don't be. Get in touch because you know in, in six months time you might be the person giving food back to a food bank because you've managed to get yourself back up a different step. I think yeah just take immediate action. Don't sit there pondering it thinking should I just get in touch, look up Trestle Trust and look up the food banks or just have a look locally to see what support organisations. So, you know, if you're a single parent, reach out to the single parent organisations and between them, they'll know who's contact as well. But don't just sit alone. Don't worry about it alone. I think we've covered quite a lot of ground. You know, do you? Do you feel like I've not asked you anything that you want to add? Anything about NatWest or anything like that? There's one bit, you know, sort of the beginning of March, Alison Rose, our new chief executive, came into play just before the pandemic. And she launched our strategy for the bank, which is all around purpose. I think it was just in terms of us being able to stand up at pace, repurpose our conference centre and start dedicating people to be able to help in a different way. It just was the perfect timing for that. There was such a, a willingness to support, a pace to support that we might not have had in the past if our focus had not switched to being a bank of purpose. Do you feel proud to work for NatWest? Yeah, totally. You know, the fact as well, you know, I was nominated for a British Empire medal. Wow, it's amazing. I didn't go into this to get a medal at all. So it was a great surprise to be given one. Yeah, I didn't expect to be praised for it. I didn't anticipate that at all. But I think what it does is it actually highlights across our organisation that being kind and supporting our community is something that NatWest is now about. And I think it gave that kind of possibility for others to follow in different ways for the community. Yeah, and I think that's a great message is to always be kind because you don't know what someone's going through. So um, a great message that you guys have been supporting. Thank you. Oh, it's been lovely speaking to you, Sheena. Thank you so much and, and do keep up the hard work. It's amazing what you're doing. Thank you ever so much. Much appreciated. Speak soon. Thank you for listening to Mind Over Money. If you would like more information on ways you can help your financial well-being, then reach out to your bank. If you are struggling financially, then your bank should be your first point of call. They are there to help. You can also reach out to mental health charities such as Rethink Mental Illness via their website at rethink.org. Citizens Advice also offer free advice to help you find a way forward whatever the problem. Visit their website via www.citizensadvice.org.uk or call 0800-144-8848. Thank you for listening to Minds Over Money.
If you would like more information on ways you can help your financial well-being, then reach out to your bank. If you are struggling financially, then your bank should be your first point of call. They are there to help. You can also reach out to mental health charities such as Rethink Mental Illness via their website at rethink.org. Citizens Advice also offer free advice to help you find a way forward, whatever the problem. Visit their website via citizensadvice.org.uk or call 0800 144 That's 0800 144